Hey everyone, I'm Sabaria. And I'm Nadi. Welcome to our podcast. We are your Wealth Strategies Duo. We are here to solve and help you discover your day-to-day financial doubts. Stick around for real conversations, real strategies from everyday people and practitioners who matter. Welcome to another episode of What the Money, the podcast. Today we'll be talking about property, money, and you. Property is something which everyone at every age is interested in. And we all know how expensive owning your own property here in Singapore. Yep, that's right. I've always dreamed to own a condo. Little did I realize our condo here can cost millions of dollars. Is it possible to own a condo? How young can I get a HDB? Will I ever be debt-free after getting my first property? There are so many fears and questions in my head, which is why we invited a property agent today on our podcast. And she's none other than Sufi B. Hello, Sufi. Thank Hello. you for joining us today. Thank you so much, ladies, for having me. <laughs> okay, Sufi, yes. I have lots of burning questions and you know burning questions for property agents but before that could you please introduce yourself to the listeners and we'll deal with my burning questions later so i'm sufi bitsma and i'm a realtor and i think as you all know that i focus mainly on asset progression so that basically means that i help homeowners elevate their assets and i make sure that at the end of the day their property is working really hard for them so they can comfortably retire with a solid retirement fund Wow, nice. <laughs> Asset progression. Eh? Okay, yes. one of the burning questions that all of us, including me, have is, what are the factors involved in choosing a property? How do one decide between a HDB and a private property? Could you that's, elaborate? That's a very good question, actually, Sab. Basically, right, for me, before I tell my clients which one they should be choosing, HDB or private property, the most important question is identifying their objective. Yeah, I came up with this formula called the LIPS. So number one is to identify your objective. So you can either you want to change your lifestyle from HDB to condo, which is a private condo, or you want to go for investments where you get more than one property, right? Or you oh. can choose to you know, get better performing condo. Sometimes we already live in a condo, you know, and then you realize, eh, what's next? So the next step is probably to get a better performing one, the one that will work even much harder for you way, way harder for you. So you get more money. And the last oh. one is space. So that's my lips strategy. So space is basically someone who just wants a bigger space for their growing family. So yeah. When we talk about space, does private property give us that, let's say condominiums? Mm. Because most of the new condominiums are actually pretty small. Yep. And way more expensive. <laughs> but they, were, they tend to work harder for you in that sense. You know what I mean? In terms of the capital appreciation, so usually people tend to compare, right? They compare like older condos to the newer condos. And then they All say, right. might as well, I just get the resale condo. They are older, but then they are bigger. And, and that's something that I want. But then I always get them to think. If, for example, you can actually just get a three-bedder instead of, you know, a penthouse or a four-bedder, right? But you know that three-bedder can actually work harder for you. It means in like three years' time, five years' time, your capital appreciation can be like, double as compared to the resale condo. You know what I mean? So in that sense, it's something that you need to weigh the pros and cons. Wow, yeah. interesting, interesting. Okay, I understand you mentioned because of the capital appreciation. Yes. So most of the house here, we have a 99 years lease. 
Mm-hmm. Right, the mm-hmm. uh, whether it's private, I mean private. Some we have freehold, but it's not freehold. It's ninety nine years. HDB also can come with ninety nine years. But how is mm-hmm. it possible as the number of years decrease for private property, the price increase? Okay, the thing about private property, it's different from HDB. HDB, the objective is for it to be affordable, and it's not an investment tool. Right, because people buy HDB for own stay, as compared to buying private properties. So when people buy private properties, the sole intention, apart from you know wanting to stay, it's also to invest. So it's like own stay plus investment. It's like double combo. So even though right with time the lease might decrease, it's become shorter, but and it's older, the price will still be relatively stable. Because why it's private property, people are still buying resale condos, so to speak. So it can still maintain the price. Sometimes it can even grow because there's no new condos or no other condos there for that particular development because of land scarcity. So that's the big difference between HDB and private properties. Wow, that's something I don't know. That's interesting <laughs> because for me, I do realize that sometimes as the condo get older, the price do not go down. Yes, yes, correct. Right. Like correct. maybe the condo that is only left with eighty more years. Right, Correct. but the price doesn't go down as much as a HDB. Yes, you know they they say HDB is like a okay lah. I, I it's not right to say it. it's like liability. No, not liability. Ah, eh. it's it's <laughs> it's it's basically your money's not working for you. It's good for you to stay. It's good to have a roof over your head, but that's about it. If you want your money to work, that's not where you should be parking your money into. Understand, yeah. understand. So we got the review back the lips. Yes. The lips tips. The uh. lips tips. <laughs> yes, yes. Oh, that's nice. The lips tips. That's interesting. Now I'm thinking about my new house. As Sufi yeah. tells me, because I'm looking at private property, and I realize that some of them have lesser term of lease mm-hmm. already, and but the price is so uh, expensive. Mm. Yeah, I my fear is that what if I keep that for ten years investment, and ten years down the road the price will go down. Mm. So that that's why it's very important, right? Before you take a particular private property, you need to look at the surrounding. You need to see whether there are any new condos coming out or other developments coming up. Whether there will be major transformation. So that's why I always say, if you want to get a particular property, right, look in the eyes of the government. Means go back to the URA master plan. Yeah. URA's master plan is for five years, right? Mm-hmm. They will show you the master plan for five years. So oh, that's a good gauge. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Now I need to rethink some. <laughs> because I'm honestly, learning a lot. I'm really learning a lot. Yeah. <laughs> honestly, right. Honestly, right. Because I'm just looking at buying property, and I don't want to hire a property agent. So I went doing on my own. Now, Sufi, meet me thing. <laughs> Did I, I scare you? Get, <laughs> I need to get advice because definitely the condos that I'm viewing, the property agents definitely want to sell it, but they won't tell me that the truth of the market, like what Sufi said, right. the master plan, things that I never heard. Correct. Okay, exactly. Now I need to rethink. Thanks, Sufi. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> okay. So I'm just curious, as most of us own a HDB, mm. right? And we are aware that, uh, there are bank loans that are HDB loan, mm-hmm. and we are also aware that bank loan interest rate is lower than HDB. Loan. Correct. But why do most of us still prefer to take a HDB loan over a bank loan? Because, like, even for now, it's quite straightforward. We know that the market rate, the bank interest rate is way lower than HDB rate. So why why do you want to pay more? People like Sub and I don't want to pay more. <laughs> <laughs> that's 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 actually a very common question. So many people, you know, they will assume that when you buy HDB, but by, by default you just get HDB loan. Yeah. But the thing is, for me, right. Biggest difference, okay, is in terms of the the cash outlay. It means 
because if you were to compare HDB loan dengan bank loan, right, the difference is in terms of the percentage that you can loan. So HDB loan, you can loan up to 90%, correct? All right. But yep. bank loan, 75%. So having said that, means for bank loan, you would need the 5% to be cash. So upfront cash. This is something that, you know, usually young couples, when they just start out their career, they want to buy HDB, the first matrimonial home. They don't have enough savings because they just spend on their wedding, you know. So they don't have that enough cash savings. That's why they automatically go to HDB loan because they don't have to put out that cash outlay. You know what I mean? Yes, yes. yes. HDB loan is more stable in that sense with 2.6% all the way. <laughs> but the moment you have cash, right, you can put the 5%, I will tell you, go for bank loan. You know, go for bank loan. We do too. We do too. <laughs> we yes. support. Very good. <laughs> okay. So again, okay, when we talk about those loans again, right, the, the bank loan and the HDB loan, what are usually the skeptical views about bank loan that make people so scared of it? Like, you know, some people would ask like, will the bank take away our homes if you're not able to pay the installments and things like that? Mm, okay, so basically bank, you know, when you borrow money from the financial institutions, right, they are less lenient, so to speak. But the thing is, if you think about it, like you take the biggest perspective, okay, you look at it as a whole, your interest rate is much lower. So therefore, you're paying the monthly pay repayment for the mortgage is lower as compared to what you're paying with HDB loan. So with a set amount of money, if you stretch it, you can actually last longer as compared to paying HDB loan. So in that sense, sometimes people say, no, no, it doesn't make sense. Even though it's not, it's very strict. But it makes more sense because my money can stretch over a longer period of time. So as long as you have a stable job, go for bank loan. Unless, you know, you are a freelancer, you really feel that it's not stable, your job. Then yes, it's better to go HDB loan. But then again, if you're a freelancer, most of the time, we don't have CPF contribution. Ah, unless you contribute on your own. Lah. Yeah, exactly. Ah. <laughs> Correct. So I have another question with regards to the bank loan and HDB loan. Okay, say when you sold your first home and then you are buying another house, if you actually go for HDB loan, you have to put about 50% of your returns into CPF back or something like that, right? Ah, uh, okay. Uh, if you buy your second. Yeah, second house, correct. You have to put 50% of your cash proceeds to the repayment of the next house. Unlike bank loan, bank loan, they, you know, your cash proceeds, your sales proceeds, right? They allow you to use any way you want it. You know, if you decide to use all, then you can use all. If you don't want, it's also fine. So uh, they allow you right, to right. manage your money in your own way. Unlike the HDB loan for the oh. second house. That's something new. That means I can have more cash if I choose to go with bank loan. Yes. Now we can correct. use the money to invest. <laughs> Precisely, that's the thing. Yeah, it's just I think the fear of our community to commit to a bank loan, which we need to educate, right? So Correct. We, exactly. we need to educate our community to ensure that they understand that the bank loan is actually all right and safe. Yep. So long they make the monthly installment in time. Correct, exactly. And on time. Well said, yes. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, okay. For the next question, Sufi, I just want to reiterate to our listeners that mm. there are some protection that is actually payable by CPF. Our OA, our SA, or even our Medisave, some coverage. And one of them is actually home protection scheme. I actually sometimes do get confused over home protection scheme and the benefits. 
would you recommend for me to get a home protection scheme together with a term insurance or how's that? Could you elaborate on that? So usually, if I understand term insurance correctly, this is, I think you all can advise me better on this. Sure, sure. <laughs> term insurance, right? Okay. So HPS is more of like, people think it's fire insurance, correct? Most yes. people think it's fire insurance and because it's automatic, usually when they sign the form, they want to take the keys and everything. They're always confused with fire insurance. Yeah, correct. Yeah, but it's actually more of, of the fact that you cannot make the mortgage payment should anything happen to you like death, total permanent disability or terminal illness, things like that. Yeah, so um, I know there's always this debate, right, between HPS and uh, whether you should actually get a different like term insurance or things like that. I've heard people had that dilemma before. And I think th the most important question is also to look at how much loan you have. So how much loan you have left. If it's not too much, right, because I do know that term insurance is different in terms of pricing as compared to HPS. Am I right, ladies? Yes, correct. Correct, Correct, right? right. So, so in that sense, right, I think whether you should get both or you should just get one it really depends on the current situation and your age so this hps is only for hdb am i right correct exactly okay. so it doesn't so apply to it... a private property no so if you're getting a private it's best to get a term insurance to get coverage for it should anything happens to you yes correct it's very important is, is it compulsory for me to get a term insurance for a private property or is not? Because private property, there's no HPS. No, it's not actually. But oh. it's something, it's considered like risk management uh, strategy. Mm -hmm. It's good to have. Okay, Sophie. So is it advisable for one to fully pay their mortgage if they intend to stay till retirement? Yes, it is advisable because, you know, you pay lesser interest, so to speak, because you finish off your mortgage ASAP. However, the thing is that if the method of payment is important to note, if you pay off via CPF, then you should you know that the accrued interest will continue to run, even though you fully paid off your loan already. And you know the accrued I mean? interest is two point five percent. Correct. So technically, you are paying two point six percent plus two point five percent. Is that correct? I mean, if you that one is if you fully paid. Okay, even though you finish off paying your mortgage, right? The accrued interest will still continue because it's compounded. So basically, it will just keep running. But if your mode of payment, repayment is via cash. So this is something that I do encourage. So if you have extra cash, for example, you got bonus or something, use the extra money, pay off your loan. Then it's better because at least you don't have the accrued interest pounding. Yeah, I get what you mean. But yeah, so extra cash, why would I lock in the money in a dead asset? <laughs> I would invest it so that I have liquidity. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yes, you can do that. Exactly. <laughs> or you sell your HDB and then go get private property. Let your money grow. Get private property, everyone. <laughs> okay. So when is actually the best time to fully pay our home mortgage? Yeah, exactly. I wouldn't say best time. Like I mentioned just now, it's more of the method of repayment that matters. Right. Uh, okay. So if you can finish off by 30 years old, you know, or 35, go ahead. No problem. Well, yeah. you'll be financially free in that sense. Yes. That is the goal. Yes, <laughs> ladies. <laughs> yes, I do have clients in their 30s clearing their uh, their Loan. HDB loans. But mm. now that Sufi mentioned to me that they, they must take note of the accrued interest. Correct. Yeah. Exactly. So well, money, I, almost, I almost attained that financial freedom two years ago if I didn't shift. <laughs> but you shift is it because of S space 
I shifted because of space. Yeah. Ah, but... Okay. So, but you see, it's a bigger space, right? You're upgrading. So it's yeah. not wasted. It's a good move. Trust me. Okay, thank you. <laughs> thank you for assuring me that. <laughs> yeah, she needs to be assured all the time. <laughs> all right. Okay, Zubi, I got another question. This is like, I think it's very important and it applies to me because I'm single. Okay, are we allowed to only buy either HDB or condo with our spouse? Can I buy uh, like any property, whether HDB or private, with my best friend? Okay, so HDB is completely different because they have different schemes. When you talk about private, it's completely different. So, so it's two different questions, okay? So when we talk about HDB, there are different schemes. For example, public scheme, you have to buy with a family nucleus, correct? You and your spouse and things like that. Or if you're single, you can buy as long as you're above 35 and you're working for more than 12 months. As for private property, on the other hand, for example, if you are alone, you want to buy, you have the money, you can do so. No problem. It's okay, all about can, the money. I want to buy with my best friend or like can. with my boyfriend or anything. Can. Can, can just buy. There's no rules that says that I have to buy with a spouse for... Nope. Private, for private property, no. Private property, no. Okay, yeah. that's great. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, but one advice, lah, huh? one advice, just in case you are going to venture to private property, if possible, keep your name clean out of property count because the name is very precious. It means, for example, if you can afford on your own to buy that private property, then put yourself as the owner. Don't put in your, for example, your spouse or your, your best friend. If your best friend can get another one, then your best friend go and get another one. Don't put both names just to get one. You know what I mean? Why is that so? Yeah, why is that because, so? Yeah, let's take example like spouse. Like, for example, if you're married husband and wife, right? If with one income, you can already afford a two-bader, right? Then don't put your husband name. This is my advice. Lah. Don't put your husband's name. Get your husband to go get another property. So you don't have to pay the additional buyer stamp duty. You know what I mean? So you don't use both names. Because the moment you buy with two names already, you complicate the matter already. You cannot do anything else. You cannot buy another one unless you pay the additional buyer stamp duty. Unless I do decoupling. Unless you decouple, of which you have to pay the lawyer and whatnot. You have to sell off the shares and things like that. Wow. Is there yeah. another way to actually to buy another private property in Singapore without paying the additional stamp duty though. If you don't buy residential, ah, they can. Okay, okay. Like commercial or industrial can. But residential, no. Okay, ah. so the 12%, the 12% still applies. Correct. Wow, that's oh. a lot. If you're looking at 1 million property, there'll be 120,000 of additional buyer stamp duty. That's exactly. crazy, man. Yeah. But Sophie, I'm, uh, one of my clients, right, she just experienced this. She paid her home loan HDB finish. Right, mm-hmm. and actually recently she bought a private property. Uh-huh. And I was asking her that, well, you must be ABSD so much. But she tell me it doesn't apply to her. Why is that so? She sold her HDB already? Nope. So she bought under whose name? HDB she, is under whose name? It's her name and her husband's name. She bought the condo, the private property under her name and daughter's name. If she buys under her daughter's name, her daughter is what age? 28. Okay, so if she buy under her daughter's name, then she doesn't have to pay ABSD. But if she is also older, there's no way she can circumvent. She still has to pay ABSD. Unless you're talking about getting loans, then she's considered like no loan zero. It will be one loan count. But in terms of property, she already has one property under her name. So that's how they count the property count. So next question. Sophie, what is the minimum income to buy a private property? What do I need to know? 
like how much is the buyer stamp duty like how much i need to save because i have savings i have cpf but i'm not sure whether i'm ready for a private property yet i haven't done the calculations right when we look at it as a whole right we look at the the price quantum for example we look at we go house searching and then we see one private property at 1.3 million it can get quite daunting the, the million is just yeah, scary yeah scares me scares me yeah but when you break it down right when you break it down how much you actually need to pay it's actually very affordable because the only cash that you need to set aside is 5% out of the purchase price you know what i mean so if it's 1 million you just need 50000 mm-hmm, that's it mm-hmm. cash and then 20% you need to have in your cpf you can pay with cpf or if your cpf not enough you can then top up with cash okay and then the rest 75% is your loan so right your question how much you need to be earning in order to get a private property number one, it depends on your age as well because a person who is 40 and a person who's 30 right the income they need in order to get the same amount of loan varies because the loan tenure will then be different yeah oh, okay 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 so generally sometimes people say okay you need 7400 or you need 8000 combined income you can already get a private property safely all right yeah yeah so we just use that as a gauge about 7400 and above it should suffice yeah and But double have, income yeah if 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 alone you have 8000 your income is 8000 mm-hmm. or 7400 on your own it's fine you can get your own private property as well Yeah, okay, as long okay. as you have the five percent and the twenty percent. So five percent and twenty percent is important. Ah, five percent cash, twenty percent CPF or cash. Correct. All right. So need there's a lot of calculations ah, that we need to do in order to actually you know um own a property in Singapore. Yep. Correct. Yeah. That's where I come in. But how about the buyer's stamp duty? Can you pay CPF? Yes, you can. So okay, the buyer's stamp duty there's a formula to it. So if it's below 1 million right you take it as 3% then you times the purchase price mm-hmm. you minus 5400 that's the formula Okay I cannot remember Stop Okay <laughs> <laughs> So basically below below 1 million it's a different formula it's 3% above 1 million it's 4% yeah. minus 5400 Ah uh-uh, that one is for 3% for above 1 million it's minus 15400 Okay, so remember, fifteen thousand four hundred above yeah. one million. You know, a, a difference of ten thousand. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so again, we're looking at. I mean, because we are very alike in the way of wealth accumulation. So, property mm. is one of the methods of wealth accumulation. That is why we brought Sophie into this conversation with us, as I think a lot of us are actually looking. at means and ways to grow our money. So, Sophie, buying a second property as an investment, mm-hmm. what are the risks involved? Tenancy problem or is it selling back to the market? Is it going to be difficult? Buying a second property as investment is actually a good strategy. However, you know, we always have to look in terms of our current situation whether it's stable or not. Usually they say that if you get second property, you're using other people's money to pay for the mortgage. Because you'll be renting. If you it rent out. it out, if you rent it out, correct, exactly. Okay, so so people say about tenancy problem. You know, number one, can I even get a tenant? Correct. So this is where the research actually comes in. That's why it's very important. We don't, we cannot just like hantam get any property out there that is cheap. Cheap doesn't necessarily mean it's good for you. So the research work whether there is a pool of tenant that can actually 
rent your place should you want to rent it out. And then the, there's another problem people say, okay, what about the tenancy issues or the problems? I've heard of like problematic tenants and things like that, right? Yeah. That is where the legal document, the tenancy agreement, which is the tenancy agreement, is very, very important. So if you have everything, you know, done properly and everything documented, then it shouldn't be a problem. I think it's very important to be represented Correct. by someone who's knowledgeable in this, in this business. And that's you, Sufi. You are right. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm thinking twice on, on saving property agent fees. I can see, I can see Nadi's face, no? <laughs> she's like, oh no. Yeah, she's, she's, think, she's thinking. <laughs> and, okay, okay, but okay, really, okay. whatever you have shared with us is, is actually quite... Um, Something that we need to actually do calculations. We need to do a lot of homework. It's not, it's not just a one-day kind of conversation thingy, right? Correct, Sophie? correct. Exactly, exactly. You know, sometimes when my clients come and they ask me, okay, I want to get a, I want to get condo, you know, I wouldn't just like, no, shoot all the condos out there because I would tell them you need to give me time. What I would do back end, eh, the research, the market trend, the study, the area, URA master plan, all of this takes wow. a lot of time. And then I want to make sure that when I propose, it's something that makes sense to you. Well, so I, can, I can really see that sincerity. Sufi wanting to help the community with the asset progression. You can see, it's like, I, mean, I mean, nobody talked to us about the URA master plan. Nobody tell us yeah. about, you know, look into that. You know, when I bought this, this place that I'm currently living, mm-hmm. you know, it's because one thing, it's near to my in-laws. Mm-hmm. Another is because, I mean, Opposite my where I'm living, it's actually a wet market, very busy and bustling market, which is, I think it's it's convenient. And then five minutes walk, there's a mosque and things mm. like that. I, I had to pay COV of 10,000. And, and I told my husband that that 10,000 is actually, uh, we are buying convenience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's like, I think even back then, my property agent do not talk to me about the URA or whatsoever. Mm. Basically, which area do you want? Okay, let's look at that. We'll we'll view the area and that's that. Yeah, yeah I, think, I think, yeah, I th- that's a different thing about you. That yes. we are actually hearing right now because it's, I mean, talking about lips, you're talking about all these, it's... I think yeah. I'm so passionate we, about we this learn, thing. We learn a lot. We really learn a yeah. lot. Can't you see that? that? I think I want to hire you already, Sophie. <laughs> I need to talk to you after this. I'm serious. <laughs> we are gaining beneficial knowledge from you. What more, the listeners out there? Yes, yes I hope so. Like so. <laughs> Sometimes we think we know everything, but when we talk to the expert, then we realize that yeah. we are not that smart after all. <laughs> <laughs> we are learning, we are all learning, yeah. Yes. <laughs> all right, Sophie, uh, before we end, usually I will ask uh, our guests one, uh, what advice they would give to the listeners out there, but today it's going to be different. Tell us one interesting fact about the Singapore property market that most of us don't know. Okay, cool. Hmm. Since I'm so passionate about asset progression, right? Then maybe uh, I'm going to share something about um, new launches, new projects. So new condos, right? If you go to new condos, it's not just about the price. You need to look at the units because not all units are priced the same. Some units are actually very close to the cost price, the developer's cost price. It means if you were to get that unit you choke when you hurry you get that unit as compared to other units that are more expensive right you can technically play around with the profit margin later on it means you have the upper hand so that's why it's important to really do your homework and your research so that you get the best unit at the best price 
So there you have it. <laughs> wow. <laughs> So technically, you must hire a property I'm agent. This type of thing, I don't know. <laughs> what, developer price? <laughs> oh, I yeah. don't know. Maybe I'm a nerd. Like, I like these kind of things. I will really study all the numbers. <laughs> but then you only benefit only benefit your clients. Which My is clients. Really a, a good thing, yeah. Yes. So uh, thank you so much, Sufi, for being with us today. We really learned a lot. No doubt, you found, <laughs> you found yourself one client today. Alright. <laughs> okay, so we usually property agents will have this catchy or cheesy tagline, right? That we will remember them confirm. I can name a few, but I don't want to be promoting them. <laughs> so what's yours? I also have a lot of those people in my head. <laughs> but for me, do you have any to suggest? <laughs> oh, I cannot think because oh, you feel it. You I cannot uh, think. fed I cannot us think with so much info. Never mind. Uh, later we think for her, I guess up. Yes, we do, we do. Hey, we please do. let me know, please let me know. <laughs> we are actually good with that. Awesome. <laughs> Nadi, what's my tagline, Nadi? Um, I don't want to say sub tagline because it's embarrassing. <laughs> Shut up. Yeah, share, share. <laughs> so sub, sub and I live uh, by uh, teasing each other all the time. So I think it's not nice for listeners to hear. <laughs> later <laughs> off record, I tell you. Later off record, I tell you. <laughs> okay, set. Okay, so thank you, Sufi, also for sharing very knowledgeable insights about the property market. So to the listeners out there, do drop Sufi a DM over at her IG handle at sufib.realtor if you have any property-related questions. At the same time, you can also drop us the Wealth Strategies Duo for Mortgage Refinancing Matters. Remember, anything relating to money, Nettie will love to help you. Yes. Thank you for listening to What the Money, the podcast. See you next week.